Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Noso. Pashas Noso, according to the Chinuch, contains 18 mitzvos, 7 positive mitzvos, and 11 restrictions. Interestingly, most of those restrictions come from the Nazir. Um, one more very interesting point. Parshas Noso has the distinction of being the longest parsha in the Torah with 176 psukim. The longest chapter in Tanakh comes from Tehillim, 119. And how many psukim does it have? Correct, 176 psukim. And the longest volume of Talmud is that of Bava Basra. And how many dapim does it have? That's correct, 176. Okay, now what is of interest is that Parshas Noso, as we pointed out, is the longest Parsha, and it gets its length from the fact that the second half of the Parsha provides in detail the exact offering that each of the Nisim, each of the tribes, uh, the, the leaders of the tribe, the prince of each tribe, brought at the occasion of the dedication of the Mishkan, the sanctuary in the desert. The Torah could very well have written the offering of Nachshon, the prince of Yehuda, who brought his korban on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and then the Torah could have listed the Nisim and said, these are the other 11, and each brought the identical offering that the other brought. The Torah does not do that. The Torah enumerates and gives us uh, each one his separate paragraph, each one their separate space. The question is why? So I'd like to share with you the beautiful idea of the Chofetz Chaim in his commentary on the Torah and on the verse in chapter 7, verse 18, whereby we have on the second day Nisanel ben Tsuar, who was the prince of the tribe of Yisachar, he brought his karban. And the idea as to why his name was Nisanel, coming from the word Nosan, he is the one that gave the Eitzah, that gave the advice to the other princes. He followed number one. He could have very well outdone Nachshan, and he could have showed off and said, take a look, I see what my colleague brought yesterday, but I am outdoing him. No, just the opposite. He said that we should all bring the identical korban, one not more than the other, that there shouldn't be any kind of jealousy among them. In contrast to, unfortunately, what we find with the very first two brothers, Cain and Hevel, that unfortunately, as a result of jealousy, the world was unfortunately 
their world was on the way to destruction. One brother kills another, etc. Here, when they all decided to accept the suggestion of Nisanel ben Suar, this provided Hashem with great nachas ruach, great satisfaction, until Hashem responds to them by saying the following, You acted accordingly, that you should be each one, beloved one to another, and there should not be jealousy among another. So God said, I too want to be included in your midst. How so? And I will give you my Shabbos. Now what does that mean? We know that every Shabbos in the Mishkan and in the Beis Amikdash, there were korbanos offered. What does that mean? The same Torah that says, Mechaleleha mos yumas, that if one violates Shabbos, they are subject with warnings, etc., to capital punishment. Rashi brings this idea on the verse that we read on the first day of Shavuos, in the Ten Commandments, Zohar Esyom HaShabbos Lekadsho, so Rashi says that Zohar and Shomor were said simultaneously by God. And therefore, Rashi goes on to say, take a look. The same Torah that says, you're not to violate Shabbos, the same Torah says, but in the Beis Hamikdash, in the Mishkan, not only did they bring the Korban Tamid, the daily offering in the morning and in the afternoon, but as we recite in our Musaf Shmona Esrei, they brought the Korban Musaf, which was a communal Korban, one Korban on behalf of the entire nation. Good. No individual brought a Korban on Shabbos. Shabbos was not a day for an individual korban. So if a person happened to have had a wonderful recovery happen to them or any other of the factors that might go in to bring a person to recite what we have today, Birkas HaGomel, the korban, Toda, a Thanksgiving offering, you could not bring your personal Thanksgiving offering on Shabbos. Even the Korban Pesach is a hybrid. No individual brought his own Korban Pesach, rather individuals, but the entire nation had to be part of it. And so it's certainly not considered a communalist offering, which is brought one for the entire nation, like the Korban Omer and Shteyalechem, but it was neither a personal offering that each one brought their own. However, the one exception to the rule was regarding the Nisim, regarding the princes, that each one of the Nisim brought their own personal korban on behalf of their tribe, but it was their personal korban. So now, when the Torah tells us that on the seventh day um, of the bringing of the various korbanos, Bayom Hashvi'i Nosi Livnei Ephraim, 
on the seventh day, it was the Nasi of the tribe of Ephraim. The rabbis tell us this seventh day was Shabbos. And that in of itself, interestingly, the rabbis say was number one, a reward for Yosef, who kept Shabbos in Mitzrayim. But specifically here, the Chavetz Chaim brings the Medrash to teach us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I am so pleased, enamored with what you have done, the unity that you have brought among the Nesim, that I want you to include me. And how are you to include me? I am giving you my Shabbos. And so that they didn't skip, they brought Thursday, Friday, and perhaps continued on Sunday. No, they brought on Shabbos as well, even though this was a Karban Yochid, a, um, an exception to the rule. As we find in the Medrash, that the seventh day was, as I pointed out, on Shabbos. And as a result of this unity, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave each one of their uh, of the Nesim, their own honorable mention. Two points I'd like to um, draw from this. The first one is in the name of the Saba Mikelm, Reb Simcha Zisel, and he points out something very interesting, and he says as follows, that we might be have a tendency to look upon a klal that when a, when a mitzvah is brought by many people, so we would think that upstairs in Shemayim, that's the way it's looked upon, that the community brought a particular mitzvah, participated. The answer is no, that upstairs in Shemayim, they are concerned about each individual within the cloud, and they're exceedingly happy regarding each one as if that one was the only one. And he goes on to compare it to the following. He says that if a parent has but one child, then all their love is directed towards that one child. However, if they have many children, then that love is shared with each of the many children. However, not so regarding HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God's love is infinite and He has the same amount of love for each individual and clearly from our perspective not taking away anything from anybody else. And so over here the fact that the Torah enumerates each of the princes and gives that paragraph an honorable mention not just by name but by enumerating their korban the Torah is teaching us this idea of the importance of each and every individual but secondly I'd like to go back to what the Chafetz Chaim quoted that God said include me among you I am so proud of what you've done and I am going to give you my Shabbos what does Shabbos have to do with the unity among 
the um, uh, Shavuotim among the tribes and among the princes. So I'd like to remind everybody and share with you the concept that Shabbos is the symbol of oneness in this world. And I'd like to focus my attention for a moment on the prayer that the Sfardim recite every Friday night before Baruch in contrast to that which the Ashkenazim recite at that time. The Ashkenazim recite several Mishnayas from the second chapter of Shabbos Bamemadlikin. Mishnayas would deal with the lighting of Shabbos candles. And in the Sephardic community, they recite paragraphs from the Zohar. The Zohar happens to be in Truma 134a. And this is known as Kigavna, which means literally just as they. Now, what is the they? And by the way, this is in Aramaic. And I happen to have in front of me, to make things a lot easier, the uh, um, translation of the R scroll Sephardic Siddur. And I'm just going to read to you a little bit regarding Kigavna, but you will get the tone of what um, I am trying to communicate with you now. And the passage from the Zohar reads as follows, Just as they, meaning all six spheros or emanations, unite above in oneness, without the attachment of evil, so she, the sphere of kingship, unites below in the secret of oneness, so that it may join those above, the oneness below, paralleling the oneness above. The Holy One, blessed be He, who is one above, does not sit on His royal throne of glory until kingship below is made over in the secret of oneness like His, until there's oneness down here, that they may be a one this parallel to a oneness. Thus, we have set forth the secret of Hashem. Above is one, and His name is one. Now here goes. The seek, this is the secret of the Shabbos. Raza de Shabbos. Ihi Shabbos. Okay. She, the kingship, is called Shabbos. De Ischadas Beraza de Echad. When she becomes united in the secret of oneness, so that God's oneness may rest upon her. Okay, now, I don't profess to be old enough yet to study the Zohar, but I am going to suggest one thing that this we find in something uh, in the Nefesh Achayim, so we can go from one uh, uh, source to another more grounded in at least the uh, um, Litfish community, and that is as follows. When God says, Na'ase Adam, let us make man, he means let us take from all the creatures, from all the beings that have been created prior to man, and each had their own particular characteristic. So the world is so diverse 
in terms of character, in terms of potential. Each being is different. And God said, Na'aseh Adam, let us take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything into man. And man has a composite of, you know, the entire creation. Okay? Think about it. Everything that was created in this world is there to give man the potential of what God commanded him on day six. Pru'urvu, multiply. Milu esa'aretz, fill, procreate, fill the land. Vilchiv shua, dominate it. Okay, all different kinds of dominations in every which way over the years, over the centuries, and from day to day, more and more technological advancements. But comes Shabbos, my friends, when we cease our um, involvement in Sheshes Yomim. And you are to do So six days of the week we are doing in all diverse ways. And Shabbos, from the word Shavah, to return. It returns to the ultimate oneness that all of the individual aspects of the world, which have been um, basically enhanced, perfected throughout the work week, it all ceases and comes together in an ultimate oneness, which is Shabbos. And therefore, as the Nesim come together in their oneness, Hashem says, include me, include my Shabbos, because Shabbos is that incredible sense of oneness. Shabbos is that time that we can take that step back and look and say, wow, look at this incredible world that Hashem has created, you know, for us. And so, ultimately and finally, we ought to remember that each, as they respected one another, each individual is a world unto himself. And we pray that there is going to be complete and total peace in Eretz Yisrael. And we mourn for each and every one of the Chayolim that Lo'aleinu wounded, Lo'aleinu, or killed in uh, these recent days, the idea being that we, our oneness down here, suffers, we miss their potential, and that's what we have to work all the harder to fulfill the void that they bring. But ultimately, every year, when we read of the Nesim, each one marked individually should remind each and every one of us how important we are of the great potential that we have and the privilege we have once again to partake in a Shabbos representing the ultimate, ultimate oneness of this world. Shabbat Shalom to all.